back to The Reluctant Cruise, a One Piece recap podcast. My name is Brian, and with me is Steve. Don't jizz on any ants. Why? God damn it. And also with us is Slash. I wasn't... You actually said that. Okay, that's fine. Um, my dumb thing that I can say for the week is... So I don't hate Funko Pops... I've definitely given a few choice ones to some friends as nice little easy gifts because they kind of cover everything, but it's getting to the point. Give me a second on this tangent where they cover everything. Uh, So earlier this week, I saw a Funko Pop depicting the final scenes of Cowboy Bebop, which is probably the worst contrast of anything that I have ever seen. But as if that wasn't enough to one-up, I just discovered that there is an easy E Funko Pop on Twitter. Everyone have fun with that. Enjoy One Piece. Damn, it do be like that. okay, yeah. I honestly, I don't, I don't know what to do with this information, but uh, yeah, I'll just take a nice sip of my delicious Canada Bold Dry, Canada Dry Bold, mixed in this copper mug with a clear substance and maybe some lemon juice. Who's to say? Yeah. Canada Dry Bold. It's pretty good. Yeah. Podcast is not sponsored by Canada Dry Bold, but if Canada Dry Bold would like to sponsor this podcast, please send us an email at uh the fuck is our email? <laughs> Reluctantcruise at gmail.com. That email. Easy E wants to sponsor this podcast and hell nah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. All right, well, if uh, no one has anything else to really say, I guess we're going to move on with the recap. So, starting with episode 34, everyone's gathered. Usopp speaks the truth about Nami. So we open up on the episode, and Johnny's there yelling to everyone that, hey, Nami killed Usopp, and he's kind of crying while he does it. Yeah, everyone's just kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why would Nami kill Usopp? He's like, no, no, I saw it with my own eyes. And that's when Nami walks up saying, hey, you guys need to get the fuck out of here because Arlong's planning on hunting you down. Zoro says, did you really try to kill Usopp? And she says, what if I did? And, you know, stuff like that. Zoro tries to attack Nami and he's just like stopped because Sanji kicks at him because obviously... Sanji is in love with Nami, and why the fuck would he let Zoro attack the love of his life? So Nami says that she only ever got close to them because she wanted to steal their treasure. She doesn't explain why, but we know it's because she wants the hundred million berries to buy back her village. With all this warning saying, hey, the fishmen are going to come and kill you. You know, I don't want your help. Luffy says, okay, well, I'm going to go to sleep then. I'm not going to get involved with your issues because you asked me to, but I'm not going to leave the island either. And that's that for Luffy. Johnny and Yosaku try to convince Zoro to leave because Zoro's still injured, even if he's walking around as if he's normal again. And Arlong and the Fishmen are just way too strong, biologically speaking, just because of their species. So it's like, they're trying to get their friend to leave with them so that he will survive. But 
they can't convince him because Zoro has firmly tied himself to Luffy. So when they can't convince him to leave, they decide to wish him well and they set out on their own because they are very clearly afraid for their lives, which honestly makes sense. We cut back to the hopeful villagers and they are thrilled to see that a marine ship has shown up. Actually, it's multiple marine ships, I believe. Maybe maybe just the one, but marines have come to try to fight Arlong and his crew and take the island back. So all of these villagers are just like kind of excited, like, oh my God, we're finally saved. And then Arlong sends his three lieutenants to go and destroy the marines, basically. So they swim out and then, you know, the marines are making their plans all on deck when suddenly the fishermen jump up on top of their decks. The one with the blonde hair and the big lips, whose name is escaping me right now, says, hey, so while I'm talking to you and distracting you, we're destroying the ship's rudder. And also, we're having someone move a rock into the ocean currents. Do you know what's going to happen to that? And the Marines are just like, that's impossible. There's no way you can possibly move something that big into an ocean current. But as soon as they say that, a giant whirlpool starts up because of the shift in the currents. And that whirlpool with the ship that they can't steer drags the ship in and destroys it. So the Marines are all dead. And the villagers see that and they lose pretty much any remaining hope that they had left. And yeah, it's just not a good time for them. The fishermen get back to Arlong Park. And they're talking about how well-made Nami's charts are, that she was even able to map the ocean currents and stuff like that so that they could go out and destroy the ship like that. So the fishermen are trying to convince Arlong to keep Nami around, even though Arlong, as he had said before and he says again, Arlong had made a promise to Nami to let her go, let the village go once she gets her 100 million berries, and that Arlong never breaks a promise that has to do with money. We cut to another scene, and we see that Usopp is there, and he's running and running, even though at this point he's supposed to be dead, right? So we see Usopp saying he needs to get back to Zoro before it's too late, and we see a flashback of when Nami killed, air quotes, Usopp. So when that happens, rather than stabbing Usopp, Nami had actually stabbed her own hand, so that's where all that blood comes from, and it makes it seem like she had killed Usopp, but that's not what happened. We cut back to the Straw Hats and Zoro and Sanji are arguing over whether or not Nami's guilty, which finally comes to them actually like coming to blows because Sanji's saying, it's actually a minor thing in that. They're arguing over whether or not Nami's guilty and then Zoro refers to Nami as being a small-time thief. And for some reason, Sanji takes like great offense at that part, as opposed to, hey, she's going around killing people. So they're like going at each other. They're going to hit each other. And that is when Usopp finally makes it to Zoro, right in time to get beat the shit out of by both of these men, because he walks into their paths. So they say, oh, man, sorry, Usopp. We didn't realize you're there. Also, you're alive. I didn't realize you were alive. What, what the fuck happened? So Usopp reveals that Nami had actually saved his life back with the whole fishman because they definitely would have killed him otherwise. We do another cut to Nojiko 
Nami's sister, and she's walking around the orchard. And she makes it back to her house, and she sees that it's been, like, ransacked, basically. So she walks in and correctly assumes that, hey, Nami was the person that was turning everything over in the house. It wasn't really that she was looking for anything as much as Nami was just pissed from her earlier encounter with the Straw Hat Pirates. Yeah, so Nami and Nojiko talked about their time with the crew, how they even got her to smile a little bit and enjoy herself. If Nami had the choice, she would sail the world with them and see, you know, what life at sea with the Straw Hat Pirates would be like, just the different possibilities. And in her head, Nojiko talks about how the idea of, like, friends is foreign and painful to Nami. The Straw Hats are discussing their next steps, what they're going to do, and they're interrupted by Nojiko, who, just like Nami, tries to convince them to leave for their own safety. So as soon as she starts trying to make her pitch of, hey, why don't you get out of here, Luffy walks away and he says, I really don't care about a boring story. He's leaving. Zoro takes a nap, even though he he initially says, hey, Luffy, you should probably listen to this. And Usopp and Sanji listen to the story, which is basically the framing device for learning about episodes 35 and 36. So they're getting ready to listen to the story, and we see that one corrupt Marine officer from a few episodes ago that has like a deal with Arlong. So he shows up in Kokiyashi Village, and he demands to be taken to Nami's house. And that is the end of episode 34. Do you guys have any thoughts? Pretty straightforward. Um, I was looking up the name of that, um, the fish, the fishman, that are uh, our the long. Blonde one? Yeah, the blonde one. His name is Chew. Like to chew. Oh, in. like like that That's sound he sound makes. Kissing. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that was <laughs> the onomatopoeia. But yeah, I guess that's his name. And uh, the guy, the marine person that he said showed up, his name is Nezumi, which is actually kind of funny because uh, Nezumi in Japanese means rat or mouse. Like the principal in um, My Hero Academia. Exactly, yeah. I thought that was a mole anyway. Yeah, that episode's pretty straightforward. You get some goofy comic relief with Usopp kind of coming back, but yeah. It's also the Luffy falling asleep thing is kind of weird. He's also just like, I don't care what's going on. You guys figure it out, but you kind of, this it builds up over time, so don't worry. <laughs> that's totally Luffy, though. You just got nap. That's it. Yeah, not too much to say about this, but it's, it's all kind of laid out for us pretty well. But at least we continue to delve into what happens here. Yeah, we uh, delve into episode 35 which what did you know zips are not doing wow what a quinky dink here we are episode 35 untold past female warrior belmer the fishman officers are investigating the wrecked boat when uh Luffy just kind of stumbles across them and uh next thing you know he just casually walks by hot john like yo who are you and Leafy's like, I'm Luffy. And keeps walking. And this dude's just like, okay. Hotchin's like, hmm, nani? Hmm. 
he's just like kind of just bizarred out by this guy's behavior like the hell does this guy think he is like some nonchalant guy what okay whatever anyways they keep going along and stuff like that and but what really got to Hachan though was like man this guy didn't even cower down or anything like that like what the hell but whatever so they went along their way probably back to the the Arlong Park so now I flash back to Nami and Nami wakes up in her house she's feeling really reassured about achieving her goal she's like yeah I can make it only a little longer. And she's kind of in this drowsy state. Like she just woke up. And so she's a little groggy. But she's like I can do this. And so that is where we start. With our flashback. You see young Nami sitting at the table. And she's drawing. And you're probably thinking oh she's probably just drawing stick figures or whatever. Whatever children draw. I don't know when I was a kid I just drew scribbles and said they were amazing things. We pan into her and she's drawing this freaking map of the village. What 10 year old do you know that can draw a map of the village? Like, wow. It's an impressive talent to be sure. Um, anyway, she's like, ah, my map. She's like super proud of it too. Like you wouldn't think kids would be super proud of drawing a map. Like, I hear kids out there like, yo, check out this map I just drew. Like, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Dora the Explorer gets real excited about maps. I'm just going to leave that one on the table. Oh, yeah. I forgot about her. But you know what? <laughs> She's kind of like Nami in a way. But anyways, Nami goes to this bookstore. And, um, and she's looking at this book. And what would you know? It's like kind of like a map atlas kind of thing tells about others places and stuff like that and she's trying to sneak out with it so old lady comes up and she's like oh what would you like to look for dear and he's like oh nothing 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 i'm just about to go anyways and uh she's backing out the door she's trying to get out and get off with the book and she bumps into this guy named genzo genzo is pretty tall at this point he's an adult and nami's a kid she bumps into him. The book falls out from behind her back, and she's caught red-handed stealing. Which, who knows, this is maybe where she learns to steal from. So, Genzo's like, how dare you? I'm going to drag you back home and ridicule you through the entire town. So he drags her back to the house, and the entire time she's like, I'm not a cat. I swear, I'm not a cat. I'm a human. Which is kind of funny, because now she's a cat burglar. They're dragging her through town, dragging her through town, dragging her through town. And everyone's like, oh, it's that Nami again. Look at the heck she's doing. <sighs> what a kid. What a kid. Eventually, Genzo uh, arrives with Nami back to uh, this little town on the outskirts of the village. The person that comes to the door is her adop- is Nami's adoptive mother, uh, Belle Mare. And so she comes out. And Genzo's like, you know what your daughter was doing? She was out there stealing books from the bookstore. How dare she teach? You better teach her not to steal anymore. Ugh. And Belmare's like, oh, but you paid for her, huh? How would you like to come inside for a nice cup of tea? And I know you like tea and other things. Kind of like really seductive, like, like, ooh, you want to come inside? I'm sure I can repay you. Kind of just. What's that hot coffee? Yeah, the hot, hot coffee. 
I think McDonald's hot how fucking hot a coffee she wants. So basically, she's like <laughs> trying to seduce Genzo. Be like, I can pay you back with my body. And she really does say it really slow in Japanese, too. She's like, ka, da, da. And it's like, <laughs> oh, man, she's serious about it. Anyways, this man's like, nah, get the hell out of here, Belmare. You know me. I'm better than that. How dare you? Anyway, she's like, okay, well, whatever. Belmare starts scalding Nami. She's like, why the hell would you steal it when you can ask for it to be purchased? You stupid kid. What the hell? And Nami, even at a young age, she's like, well, I know we don't have money. And so I stole it. I didn't want it to be bought. And so she kind of gets scolded and whatnot. Kind of goes along. Nami's like, oh, we have good weather this year. So we might have good news for the tangerines that are growing out there. And that way we can leave our, our prices low to other competition. That way people will buy more. Nojiko, a younger Nojiko that is, she kind of like laughs off at Nami. She's like, <laughs> at least I wouldn't have been caught with the book. You loser. And just kind of just goes about. So Belmare also notices or takes notice of Nami's maps. And she's like, ah, you have very nice maps, dear. And we also find out that the book Nami wanted was on the topic of navigation. A skill she really wanted to learn. So kind of goes hands in hand. And then she goes on saying her dream. She's like, when I grow older, I want to go out and explore and map the entire world. So it's like every one of those kids, like you think kids, oh, they just want to be firefighters or astronauts or whatever. Nah, she wants to be a navigator, which is a solid goal, actually, considering how well her maps are built or drawn. Pam into them eating at the table, the three of them. So Nami notices that Belmare isn't eating and she's like, well, why aren't you eating? Belmare responds that she's on this tangerine diet like it's a new fad. Nojiko's like, that's horse shit. I don't believe you. You're starving yourself because you can't feed us because we're broke. And Belmare's like, ha, 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 ha. why would I do that? I'm going on a diet. You guys don't know anything about diet. <sighs> and then they're like talking about hand-me-downs and stuff like that. And Nami's getting real upset because she's like, I want brand new clothes. I'm sick of these goddamn hand-me-downs. Why do I always have to have hand-me-downs? See, you could tell this was a freaking sunflower now it's a lion and she's getting real upset about it and stuff like that and so they're arguing 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 and uh while arguing nami says that well you know what she's not even my real sister oh boy she catches belmare's hand so fast specifically a belmare's face to a uh, nami's face like she gets the slap of a lifetime and Belmare says to Nami, don't you ever say that again. And Nami responds like, you're not my mom. You're not my dad. And she's like, well, I bet you wish that we were never came around, didn't you? And she's like all getting upset and stuff like that. And, and eventually she's getting so flustered that her last words from the argument are like, I wish I was adopted by richer parents. Or a richer family or whatever. And Belmare's like, okay, we'll go find somewhere else off somewhere else to live. 
If you don't like it here, you can leave. The next thing you see, you see Nami running out the door. And all of a sudden, it's raining. She just runs off, and off they go. Nojiko says that they are family. And Belmara sends her off to find Nami and bring her back. And so, off Nojiko goes to go find Nami and, and get her to come home and be a family again. Nami ran off to Kokoyashi Village and ends up talking with Genzo. And so they're talking, talking, talking. And she's like, ah, you remind me of Belle Mare when she was a young lassie. And he starts to reminisce on it. And he's like, yeah, she used to be a bigger troublemaker than you, Nami, before she joined the Marines. I didn't know she was in the Marines. Yeah, Belle Mare couldn't stand to stand by while pirates killed innocents. So she took matters into her own hands. So she was in this in a village, and uh, it was really quite a, a gnarly battle. Belmare was about to die, and on the the brink of death, and here comes Nojiko coming out and walking amongst the wreckage, the crying infant Nami, and she asks Nojiko, oh, "What's wrong?" And uh, Nojiko's like, "I found this baby. I don't know who it belongs to." So. Belmare in, in that battle found a new purpose in finding the girls and she found a new purpose in life. Belmare shows back up at Kokoyashi Village and sailing through a storm in a tiny, tiny ship, catching sickness and, and it's all bad and it's really hardships and stuff on, on the on the sea. But next thing you know, they show back up at the village. The villagers absolutely lose it. Like I'm telling you, lose it when they hear that Belmare plans on raising the girls. Like, what? What do you mean? You were a child when you left. You're still a child. What? And she eventually really quickly kind of puts him back in her place. Like, you don't know that. I'll be a great parent. And it's none of your business anyways, so you can get lost. And eventually she's like, oh, okay. And so they happily live together. And until that time, Nami is like, oh, I didn't know that about Belmare. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. Okay. In bus Nojiko, and she's like, there you are, Nami. I've been looking all over for you. You need to come home right now. And so she drags Nami back home. However, that instance, a new challenge approaches. That is, here come pirates. The Arlong pirates. Here they're coming along. They're coming along. They're sailing. And they're like, oh, what are these pirates? What? The fishmen? Oh my god, they're from the Grand Line. I hear they're powerful. Oh no, this isn't good, this isn't good. Before the girls could make it back home in time, Genzo runs out and, he's, and he runs to tell the girls to run to the woods. He's like, we'll take care of them. Be safe. Arlong makes landfall. And he's like, ah, 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 ah. I proclaim this is my domain, this entire island. And since you are all in the, my domain, you all shall pay tribute to me. 100,000 berries for each adult, 50,000 berries for each child. And that is it. That is your tribute. And I shall take over this island. Arlong. So somehow, this entire island or his entire village, manages to get the entire tribute they need from each person 
for the entire thing, for the entire village, that is. So they're going along. They have all the money. Everything's accounted for. Everything. So they're just about to leave. They're just about to go off and, and not talk to Kokoyashi Village ever again. When suddenly, they see a smoke appear out of the uh, forest. It's a really kind of a hazy smoke. And they're like, oh man, what is that? What's that smoke over there? That has to be people. It just so happens to be in Belmare is uh, cooking some food. That's the smoke is from. So Arlong pirates are like, well, we have another person to visit. So they start going their trick over to Belmare. What's going to happen? Because obviously Belmare is too broke to pay for her tribute or her children's tribute. What's going to happen? Is Belmare going to survive? Are the children going to survive? Kokoyashi Village going to survive? And that is the end of episode 35. So what do you guys think? Decent episode, right? Yeah. Well, mostly it's pretty straightforward from flashback stuff. It's I, I feel like it's about as detailed as Usopp or uh, Sanji's were, were, was or were, I guess. But um, I, I gotta say, I think my favorite part is like most of it starts off pretty lighthearted, as you would expect. But I like how uh, to paint a mild picture for anyone listening and who maybe has not watched with us um, when the when the Arlong pirates start to show up. Both Nami and Nojiko are running back to their home, and the flag, or Arlong's flag, kind of just starts to flash on screen in this almost like horror movie, like ominous sort of way. And it's just like, oh shit, here we go. And just like, yeah, they just fucking show up and take over this island, which I'll talk about it as I feel the next episode more so, as to terms of like why, like, why they felt it was wise to come to an east blue island but um besides that yeah no so it's, uh, it's it's pretty solid flashback so far yeah definitely yeah no it is pretty straightforward i do like that um basically nami's first act as a child is that we see is stealing textbooks textbooks are expensive it makes sense yeah but yeah, you know, drop the price textbooks for one, two. Uh, you know, it's just, Belmare is very funny. Even when, well, no, yeah. She's, she's just funny. And I like the interactions that she has with her adoptive daughters. It's very, I want to say realistic. It just, it feels natural, even though some Maybe an outside ass would go, oh, but they're not really family. Of course they're family. They're going around. They are family. Nojiko is right. And the uh, the love is pretty apparent there. Yeah, you definitely tell that Belmere loves her uh, adoptive children. It's kind of uh, that one shitty little knife twist where you're going like, oh, well, let me do this really nice thing for them. I'll make Nami's favorite dish. What's this? Making Nami's fair dish leads the Arlong pirates to my house. Oh no. Oh, how bad. That's awful. Well, I guess that's a pretty good segue for me to take the reins and jump into what is this, 30, 36? Yeah. So the title I have here is Survive the Mother, Belmere, and Nami's Family. So, as we saw in the previous episode, it just picks right up 
um, the Arlong Pirates because Belmar happens to be actually just be cooking lunch at the time. Uh, see the smoke rising from her house out in the tangerine fields. And like, ah, oh, we should go check there because, of course, we need money from everyone in this village, even though, like, one of the final scenes in the last episode was Arlong saying, yo, we got, like, a million... We got a million dollars, basically. I know that the word is berries or belly, depending on how you want to put the influx on it, but or inflection. But it sounds crazier if he says, yo, we got a million dollars. But they arrive at her house, and first she hears a knock. She's like, oh, I think it's I think it's the girl at home. But then she sees shadowy figures outside the window. And then she switches, and it's just like, hey, come in. But Arlong opens the door. Um, and all of a sudden, Palmer just bursts out with like a kick to his face, and then she shoves her pistol in his mouth. And at first, she's like, "Oh damn, she got the upper hand." She's like, "Yeah, I used to be a marine. What the fuck is Grand Line Pirates doing out here?" Um, but after everyone's kind of slowed down, everyone's just kind of laughing. Arlong's on the floor, but then he also starts laughing. And because uh, if we haven't painted a good enough picture of Arlong, we talked about his cool outfit last time, but he uh, he also has a giant um, jagged jaw. Just think of his mouth like a shark's mouth. You know, when you're in like marine biology class in middle school or high school and they're like, hey, when sharks like shed their teeth, they just grow back like like nails, basically. So he has a big shark's mouth. I think that actually happens in a fight later. But anyway, um, he just snaps her gun completely in half uh, in his mouth. She's like, oh, shit. Uh, and Arlong goes off on a rant about like, ah, the superior species. We are too strong. Um, but I mean, at the same time, he did just break a gun off in his mouth. So he can't say it's wrong. But yeah, Nami and Nojiko are also running towards the house when this is happening. But uh, thankfully, the doctor who we have seen in the flashback the whole time because he, I mean, he helps Bellabene when she originally came back to town and he's just kind of, there's one of the villagers who's got like a distinct design, but he stops and he's like, no, don't go back to the house. You can't go, you know, and they, they can kind of hear what's going on, but he, they're obviously trying to stop the girls because they're like, they at least want them to stay alive. And then it pans back and then you see Arlong just like stepping on Bellamere's arm very hard. He's, he's pretty much just crushing it and breaking it at that point, like a form of torturing her. But then Kenzo finally shows up to the house. Uh, he's like, no, don't waste your life away. Like, let's just settle the situation. We have the money. How much money do you have? And he whispers to her, Lafie's in her ear, and her worry is because it's, I mean, it's 100,000 for her, but technically it's 50,000 for each kid. So it's 100,000. She would be 200,000, but apparently she only has about 100,000 saved up. Either way, she realizes that she just does not logistically have enough to pay for these kids, even if that's an option that she's going to give into. Out of nowhere, of course, Mr. High in the Sky, never paying attention, happens to notice that there's actually something wrong in the house. And then Hachan is like, oh, hey, this whole table is set for three people. Arlong is like, aha, that means more money. But... Kenzo looks up and he's just like, oh no, that's just because me and my friend were coming over for dinner. Uh, but Karubi, I forgot how, I'm looking at how to pronounce his name. Um, one of the other fishermen, uh, he has a town register, which someone just, I guess, gave them that because that just suddenly came out of nowhere. But uh, it's just like their town census. 
And he's just saying, yeah, uh, there's actually no record of these, like, Nojigo having any kids or being married, etc. Or excuse me, not Nojigo, uh, Belmere. There's no record of Belmere being married or having kids at all while she was in this village. Um, and that's when the doctor, his name is Nako, uh, he tells Nami Nojiko that it's just like, hey, Bel like, you're Belmere's kids, but she never registered you or she never claimed you, you know, in some kind of legal way. It's just she just took care of you. It's like you, you're not technically going to be found out if you just leave the island now but nami refuses uh and nojiko is also in agreement and eventually the arling pirates are about to leave because genzo's lie kind of worked on them and of course if you looked it up on the town register the other fishermen was like well yeah she doesn't have kids what are we doing you know like they might be nervous but are they lying to us based on this information we have but because of justice slash i love my family which is on one end for her situation foolish but also very upstanding Belmary stands up and says well that hundred thousand is going to pay for my two dollars but i'm still un like unaccounted for and genzo's like oh what the fuck but then Belmary comes out and says like yeah you know, i'm i'd rather die here as a mother to my kids and you know stand up for who i am and then nami nojiko finally break away from the doctor and run towards her and it's very sad moment i guess but yeah, so the girls rush in and they get to hug their mom. She makes Arlong promise. She's like, do what you want with me, but don't hurt the kids kind of a thing. And it's just like, that's fine with me. It's like, you're all mine. And more or less, she has to, he's like, well, I'm just going to put you out of your misery. Uh, and Genzo jumps in. He's like, no, you know, he puts, he tries to provide himself, but he gets blocked by Kurubi's big old shark fin that he has on his hand. Bullets aren't really effective on him. They knock him down. But then as he attacks them, then an angry mob sort of appears almost at the most appropriate time. But then the Arlong pirates start to beat up the villagers because they're just like, what are you randos doing? You're actually going to fight us down. That's why we just stole all your money. And they get into a fight. As they're fighting, then Arlong finally turns back to Belmary, pulls out his gun because Belmary is like down on her knees, by the way, hugging the girls. As she sees him pull out his pistol, she throws the girls back into the house as far as she can. She makes them hit past the door. But then as Arlong's about to cock the trigger, Valmeri turns around to Nami and Nojiko and just says, I love you one last time. And then Arlong just pops a cap straight in what looks like her chest or her throat and just flaps her right in front of her two daughters. That image is probably burned into both of their minds for the rest of their lives. And then she is just out. And you see some flashback scenes, obviously, that are cut through, you know, just the memories of her on screen. But he pretty much just makes it like, this is a warning to all the villagers. This is what will happen if you don't, you know, fall in line with my system. As uh, Nami and uh, Nojiko are kind of just reeling from what's happening and trying to, like, take everything in, uh, Hachan, Mr. Octopus friend, ends up picking up a map. Uh, and it's, you know, it's Nami's map because he, he can see it in the back of uh, Belmary's pocket. Uh, and Nami's like, no, give that back. I made that. And Arlong's like, really? You made this? Hmm. This is really her. And she's telling the truth. She could be very useful. So he picks up Nami, or at least one of the fishermen picks up Nami, and they take her. And then Genzo is like, what the fuck? You promised you wouldn't hurt her. But Arlong's like, I'm just going to use her for a while. I'm not actually going to hurt her. And Nami's like, don't worry about it. Just let them take me. I don't want to see any more killing. We're still in the flashback, but a little bit of time passes. You see Genzo wake up in the doctor's office, and he's all bandaged up because he got messed up with a fisherman. Not only that, but he finds out that most, if not all, of the 
villages, boats, and ships have been damaged because the fishermen, again, as we've discovered, are like extremely OP in the water. I mean, the fishermen. Yeah, Genzo is now like broken because he's just like, damn it. Like, not only did he get messed up, but his goal actually was to try and get the girls to get off the island. You just, he wanted them to run. But unfortunately, you know, they had to go and, you know, stand up for what was left of their mom. The doctor kind of rings in with a perspective of he thinks Belmara thought this would happen all along anyway once she knew the fishermen were there. So she's, you know, she'd rather, this theme might come up later in the show, but she'd rather die standing on her feet and, or, you know, live on her knees, something like that. I forget uh, which revolutionary person yeah, in the world said that, but that is kind of a theme echoed by many important characters in the show. Nojiko is who we cut to next uh, when they're still kids, by the way. And then she's at Belmetter's grave. She's just said that Nami got taken away. And then the next day in town, all the villagers are just like, okay, what the fuck are we going to do? Are we going to try and have like an uprising against the pirates and make a plan or do something? You know, are we just going to wait it out? What are, what are we, what are we on about? We have to at least try and get Nami. Right. And then Genzo's like, look, the Marines would have their hands with the pirates and they're probably not going to stop by a small village like this. And this is what I was talking about earlier that we get into. So, like the big reason, which it kind of makes sense, is like, you know, even if it's because this is eight years ago in the timeline, like the quote unquote age of piracy is still very hot and popping, as it were. So not only that, but like most of the major Marines that could probably handle, you know, fishermen pirates are out just doing shit in the Grand Line. They're not going to stop by East Blue just because, you know, some small village is like, oh, some fishermen raided us. What are we going to do? And obviously not only that, but we saw earlier how our, our mousy friend is sort of in tow with Arlong. So if it's not his ship, they're just going to blow it out of the water anyway. So they just, you know, the villagers seen that earlier and being just like absolutely downtrodden that like the the ship got destroyed. It's just like, well, I don't know what we're doing at this point. So, you know, they're obviously just, they're trapped. And that's where the Arlong pirates have kind of set up shop there. Because it's like, you know, why wouldn't you? Anyway, I'm not going to try and justify human slavery, but that's the point. Thank you, Fishman. Anyway, this whole discussion is going on. They're like, what should we do going forward? But Nami is seen walking back to the village and she's got just like a fat stack of bills in her hand. You know, she's ready to go to town. She comes back and she's like, y'all, you don't have to worry. I'm going to join the Arlong Pirates and everything's going to be okay. And I'll be able to take care of the village. And everyone's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And even at first... Nojiko just jumps her. She's like, why are you trying to be a pirate? What the fuck, Nami? Like, what are you doing? But she's like, no, look, they'll give me a bunch of money and we can't live in peace or live the way Belle and Mary wanted. I at least want to live for like such a young kid to be like faced with, you know, life and death choices like that. That's obviously a very strong aspect to what's going on. They're just like, why are you doing this, Nami? And I think everyone kind of knows, but at the same time, in that moment in time, they're just like, Nami, what are you doing? And then Genzo's like, get out of here, Nami. Don't come back to the village. And they even see the Arlong tattoo is like finally already on her like small little arm there, uh, which I thought she got that later, but I had forgotten that she got it then. But yeah, Nami basically runs away. But later during the nighttime, Noji goes up Belmeta's grave. Nami is there too. And she's just like, why are you doing this? Nami basically explains to her like the deal that her Arlong made, like she makes enough money then she can just buy the village. Noji goes just like, okay, it's a lot of money to save a, a hundred million. 100 million uh, berries, but it's like, if she can do it, then she can do it. Nami's also just like, I don't want to cry anymore. I just want to go forward and smile and do this and, you know, buy off the village and make things better for everyone. I don't know why this is happening, but, you know, I have to fix it. 
anyway, that is uh, that is more or less the end of the flashback. Because from that point, I mean, Nami got much harder into you know dry maps, and then also you know being like a cat burglar, and then she started to steal from pirates, and that has eventually led us to where we are now. So the story ends, and Nojiko is done talking to Zoro, Sanji, and Usopp on the road there. Yeah, so that was basically from the age of, it looks like they were 10 years old, if I'm reading this wiki page right. They had shit rough, to say the least. So now obviously the guys are more determined. But then Nojiko punches Sanji, especially, because not just because he's being a creepo like usual, but because he also, uh, she's like, no, what are you guys doing? Like, you're like, just leave Nami alone. Like, let her be. You guys budding like this isn't going to help her. Like, she's just, it's too hard for her to process being like friends with people in that way just because she's too afraid of losing anyone, you know, if Arlong finds out and stuff. But yeah, she also mentions that, you know, Nami's been keeping all that money there in the village. She's so close to being free. She's done talking there. Uh, and then Luffy is on his little walk, his just stroll that we discussed he is just taking for no reasons other than he didn't want to listen to that story. <laughs> but um, I, I think part of it is because Luffy's a little bit more of an observer, like, He's like, you know what? I don't want to listen to this story. I don't, I'm just going to go see what's up in this village and get a different perspective. So he's walking through, and then Genzo is seen leading Nezumi, the, the current rat-faced Marine, to the village. And he's just like, take me to Nami's house. And he's like, what do you want with Nami? He's like, no, just take me to Nami's house. And he's like, okay. But because Luffy is Luffy, he is absolutely obsessed with the... So if we haven't painted a picture of what Genzo looked like, imagine a guy who's got like a army or like more like maybe like a Navy uniform on, but it's like darker colored, um, like very dark, like brown khaki-ish colors. And then he's got uh, this like hat on, but on the hat, it's just a little pinwheel and not like those like weirdo nerd hats where like the pinwheel is facing like horizontally. It's like a pinwheel that's on a stick. Like someone just placed that in his hat and Luffy is just like dumbfounded and he's like, why the fuck did that guy have a pinwheel on his hat? That was so cool. And then that's just, it's just him being weird. Um, but anyway, Nami's back at her house and she's just like, you know what? I'm going to go steal more treasure. Because again, this is the present time when she's, she kind of had that spat with Arlong earlier, but they're still, she just does after she kind of like fake offed Usopp. And she went back home. And she's like, I'm just going to get more treasure. One more, more trip should be able to kill it off. But Nezumi, our mouse rat friend. It's like, no, I know Nami has treasure nearby. He comes to the front of Nami's house, pretty much threatening her. And she's like, why the fuck are the Marines here? And he's just kind of spouting. She's like, oh, I heard you stole from pirates. It's like, well, you don't have a problem with you stealing from pirates, but it's still stolen goods. So you've got to give that back. And Nami's just like, no, what the fuck? And then that's the end of the episode. It's a little, little longer one, but uh, what do you guys think? solid episode actually it's it's getting real dicey not gonna lie it's uh it's kind of a tearjerker as well i mean nami's um not nami's Belmare's death and and all of that happening it's just it's really kind of sad but i mean it is what it is i mean nami and uh nojiko will go on and become great people hopefully <laughs> it's the death of what little remains of Nami's innocence, though. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the, uh, that many characters in this show go through getting, seeing what, what is their parent, essentially, getting just, like, capped right in front of them. Like, let's not, 
to twist this around like fun dumb fact this was like one of many scenes that was that had a very obvious and heavy edit in the, the infamous four kids dub where it's like in this version you literally i mean you see arlong whip out this gun like his big old long shot pistol and just you see like boom no like it's it's more done in like a tasteful silhouette fashion of a sense but you definitely see like the gun go and like the blood splatter. It's like if someone put a flashing light onto like a Mortal Kombat fatality or something like that. It's just like, nah, there's not a... Like sometimes characters get shot in one piece and they kind of survive. But it, this is just like, nah, like she's very clearly like you're out, like game over, man. Very, very strong stuff happening to Nami, or at least providing some context for the way that, you know, why she is the way she is, more or less. Yeah, definitely. I do like that it kind of has more themes of class consciousness, I guess, especially when Nami's go around saying, hey, if we had money, we wouldn't have to be splitting up, you know, stuff like that. Just showing how a lack of money can negatively affect someone's life. Yeah, definitely. Does anyone have anything else to say about the uh, episode? No. Okay, so yeah, that seems to be it for us for this episode of The Reluctant Cruise. Steve, you have anything to plug? Just Twitter, uh, at Steve Horniak, my name. That's pretty much the go-to thing. A good mix of random, weird, and important information, I'd like to think. So... Give a follow. I will probably follow back. So no worries there. Okay. What about you, Slash? I mean, it's the same old stuff. On Twitter, you got at Roblink, R A W B L I N K. Uh, sometimes serious, most of the time not. Um, and then same thing on Twitch. Uh, I've been streaming more, or I guess less frequently uh, lately. One, just to take a little break for myself, but also because I am currently studying for the GRE, so I need. Yeah. I need my time balanced a little better during the week, but that is also twitch.tv slash roglink if you like video games old and new. You can find me on most social media platforms, the handle at ltubacabra, that's E-L-T-U-B-A-C-A-B-R-A. You can find the show on Twitter at Reluctant Cruise. You can email us at reluctantcruise at gmail.com, and you can... Find us on Instagram with the handle Reluctant Cruise Podcast. You know, it'd really help if you guys rate and review the show. You know, just those uh those five stars on Apple Podcasts definitely help mm-hmm. with the uh algorithms, you know, stuff like that. So the more people see, hey, there's this one piece podcast. Uh something that I didn't think about at the top of the show, uh this past Tuesday was the twenty first anniversary of the release of the one Piece anime. Hell yeah. Yeah. 21 years. They can years. drink now. You can finally drink. Enjoying that for them, I guess, because they definitely haven't had enough celebration in 21 years, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun on that cruise, everyone.
What the fuck is this accent? <laughs>